Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Ujima Spirit Podcast. I am your host, Tika Taylor. Today, we're talking about what is forgiveness? That is the topic. What is forgiveness? Now, there are many definitions for the word forgiveness. Everyone as an individual may have their own meaning for the word forgiveness or their own interpretation of what forgiveness really is. But today we're going to be talking about the word forgiveness based on the definition of the word. We're not going by someone's opinion or what a particular group is saying about the word. We're basically going by what the definition states. Most people are unaware of what is the definition of the word forgiveness. All right, so let's get started. The definition of the word forgiveness states it is stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for an offense, flaw, or mistake. Forgiveness is intentional. Something you want to do, you're prepared to release all the negative emotions and remove the bad memories to move on from this chapter in your life. So forgiveness is all about you. If you were offended, somebody did you wrong, somebody did you dirty, you suffered, you were the victim, it wasn't your fault. You want to forgive not for that aggressor or offender. You want to forgive because you're ready to move on. You're ready to release the negative emotions such as anger, resentment that you felt because you were victimized. You recognize at some point that people will have flaws, weakness, and faults. They have their own baggage filled with trauma, pain, sorrow, or other issues. You are now ready to replace the hurt, resentment, frustration, and feelings of revenge with something positive in your life. Again, forgiveness cannot be forced or coerced in any way. It's your free will to choose to forgive when you're ready. There's no perfect time to forgive. It all depends on the offense. It depends on the individual, what they're feeling, what's going on with them, what's going on in their environment, how they're feeling, how they were impacted by the offensive behavior. Somebody can forgive someone immediately after an incident. It could take a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, a couple of years or decades, lifetime. So there's no set time to forgive. But the sooner you do it, the sooner you're ready to do it, the better you will be because it's all about freeing you from this cycle of negative emotions. Now, forgiveness is advised or encouraged by some religious 
institutions. If the person who offended you apologizes and asks for forgiveness. Forgiveness on in religious basis can be part of having mercy, compassion, or empathy for the offender. You can place yourself in their shoes knowing you also have offended others and ask for their forgiveness at some point. Sometimes forgiveness can be an easy process because of the nature of the offensive behavior. Maybe it wasn't that serious or severe. You know, example, a person may have a character flaw. They may have insecurities, negative personality traits, bad habits, lack manners. You know, they make minor mistakes. And it's usually those type of minor offenses, maybe short term, is not something that you're subjected to on a long-term basis. So it may be easier for some people to forgive someone who's doing something that is considered to be minor, something that's minor. Now, other offenses can be more damaging and destructive, and it may be a little harder to kind of forgive because the offense affected you in a more serious way. It could be a form of disrespect. Someone cheated on you. They were they were uh, unfaithful. Someone stole something from you. They were theft. Someone manipulated you. Someone was a compulsive liar, a backstabber. Someone betrayed you. So it may be a little more difficult to say, hey, I'm going to forgive this person because what they did hurt me to the core. I don't know if I'm ready to let go of all this negativity that came with that experience because I feel like something needs to be done. That person needs to feel the pain that they inflicted on me. That person needs to pay for what they've done. So the deeper the wound, the harder it is for a person to forgive. Now, when you get into some serious offense, we're talking about life-threatening offense, something that is totally destructive, something that's deadly, dangerous, and permanent, something like murder, abuse, someone who's oppressing or exploiting someone, sabotaging that person, someone who commit genocide. Now, these are the serious, deadly, dangerous, long-term offenses that many people find incredibly difficult to forgive. And we can understand because these offenses are not accidents or mistakes. Someone don't accidentally enslave someone or made a mistake and oppress someone or enslave them for years or centuries. I mean, this is on a whole nother level. So it's a little bit more difficult to say I'm going to forgive someone or even consider. You can't even say it. You won't even consider it because it's so difficult. It was such an atrocity what happened 
It was such a tragedy that it's very difficult for you to even imagine being able to forgive anyone who participated in that. But as we continue, we'll discuss more about forgiveness in that area. All right, now, there are different types of offenders to forgive. The first person that you may have to forgive at some point is yourself. So we have self-forgiveness. Self-forgiveness is the first type of offender, yourself. At some point, you have done something not to offend, hurt, or harm others. You have done something to hurt or harm yourself. So it's very difficult for people to think about forgiving themselves because a lot of times they don't think about what they've done to hurt themselves. They're very oblivious to it. They don't see it or they're in denial. They're so used to bashing themselves and hurting themselves because of their low self-esteem, because other people have done that to them all their lives, maybe during childhood, so they're not able to see that they're causing harm to themselves. So they have to become self-aware of their destructive patterns or behaviors in order for them to start forgiving themselves for doing those things and get on a healthier path. So the first offender that we have to deal with is not somebody else, it's ourselves. And it could be easy for someone to forgive somebody else, but it could be very difficult for them to forgive themselves. Sometimes we are our worst critic. We're very, very judgmental when it comes to what we do. You know, we may let others have a pass and get away with certain things, but sometimes we're so harsh on ourselves. We'll talk to ourselves in a very abusive way. We'll put ourselves down. We'll degrade ourselves. And if someone else did that, we would be very upset. It's like, how can you do that to me? But we're not paying attention that we're doing the same thing to ourselves. So the first offender that we have to learn to forgive is ourselves. And once we can practice self-forgiveness, then it becomes a little easier, depends on the offense, to forgive other people. Now, other offenders could be individuals, individuals that you have to deal with a person. And that individual, that single person could be a friend or co-worker or a neighbor or anyone, someone that you've met randomly or someone that you see on a consistent basis. So we have to learn to forgive individuals for their offenses. Then we have family. Now, that is a very serious situation because some people come from dysfunctional families, families who engaged in domestic violence, child abuse, neglect, families who committed incest, Families who were alcoholics or drug addicts. Okay, so there's a lot of old wounds in the family. Families who kept secrets. Families who abandoned other family members. So it's not easy 
to be able to forgive family. Some people find it a little easier to forgive other individuals, strangers, people that they really don't know. They find that a little easier to do, but very difficult for them to forgive their family. And we can understand why, because sometimes they feel because of the nature of the relationship, family was supposed to protect and nurture and love them. And for whatever reason, that didn't happen. So that sense of betrayal is very, very deep. You know, it's very, very personal. Okay, now the other type of offender is a group. Sometimes we're not dealing with individuals. We're dealing with a group of individuals. It's a group. And that group can be offensive. They could have done something or said something that offended someone else. So now when a person gets ready to forgive, they're not just going to forgive one person. They're going to have to forgive a whole group. They don't have to, but they choose to when they get ready. Now, family, sometimes you could deal with family members on an individual level and deal with them as individuals. But sometimes you have to deal with the family as a group. Some people feel like if they forgive one family member that they're going to have to forgive everybody else. But that's not necessarily so because you could actually deal with family on an individual level. You don't have to deal with the family as a group. Okay. Another example of a group, it could be a racial group. Okay. You can have a group of people from from one race who have oppressed and harm and kill and mutilate and done some horrific things to another group. And it may not be the whole group that's done that, but there's a large portion of the group. So if a person's going to have to forgive, they're going to have to forgive the group. They don't have to again, but they may want to forgive the group or they may just forgive individuals in the group. But if they're not acting as individuals, it's the whole group that's moving as one unit, then they feel like they have to deal with forgiveness for the whole group, even though they're not going to deal with individuals. Okay, another type of offender is institutions. Institutions are comprised of individuals and groups. So you can have an institution. One of the institutions could be a religious institution. In the name of religion or people using the religious institution, there have been some serious crimes that were committed. Okay, we have enslavement, imprisonment. We have murder. We have rape. You have some religion or some religious people who have committed these crimes while they were part of the religious institution. So some people have to deal with forgiveness one-on-one with these individuals, or they deal with them as a group, or they deal with the entire institution who authorized them to commit those bad offenses. All right, moving on to the government. Sometimes you have a group of people who are operating the institution who are comprised of the government. I mean, the whole body is the governing body, meaning that these group of people created these institutions that may have offended a person or another group. 
All right. So there are different type of offenders. Just want everyone to be aware of that. And people will deal with the different types of offenders in a different way. They're not going to deal with individuals the same way they did with the family. They're not going to deal with the group the same way they do with the institution or the government. And of course, they're not going to treat themselves the same way that they treat everybody else. Some people may, but they tend to treat themselves and other people different. So it all depends on the offense that's going on and who the offender is. Again, sometimes it's easier to forgive one type of offender, but harder to forgive others. Now, people have different motives for forgiveness. All right. The first one, again, is the self. They're ready to let it go. That's one of the main reasons why people choose to forgive. They just ready to end that cycle, those bad memories and those negative emotions. They just want to end it. So they want to let it go so they can move on. Religious beliefs. Some people are taught by their religion to forgive. And they're willing to forgive, not because they're ready to move on, but because they are adhering to the religious belief. The same thing with cultural beliefs. Sometimes people forgive because they learn that from their culture. They culture tell them to forgive or they culture tell them to be unforgiving. It depends on where they're at. Now, personal reasons. Some people forgive not because they're really ready to move on and let go, Not because of religious reasons or cultural reasons, but because of their own unique personal reasons. It could be a financial reason that a person decides to forgive. Maybe they're losing certain financial opportunities and they have to reconciliate with that person by forgiving them. And it may not really be an authentic form of forgiveness. It is a forgiveness of convenience because it's going to get them what they want. Okay, so there's different motives. When you see someone forgive somebody, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're doing it because they're ready to move on. They're ready to heal and have a better relationship with themselves and other people. It could be for other reasons. Right. So now let's break down the different types of forgiveness. All forgiveness are not the same. There's different types of forgiveness. All right, let's talk about the unconditional forgiveness. Unconditional forgiveness. There are people who exonerate, it's called exoneration, unconditional forgiveness. Exoneration. They completely forgive the offender. Forgive and forget. Usually it's most likely for a minor offense. It may not be something serious or something that's deadly or something that's life-threatening. Usually people exonerate people for minor offenses. Usually they're in an intimate relationship, they're in a loving relationship or a family relationship, a close friendship, and they're able to just let go because they love that person and they do want to continue that relationship. So exoneration, that's one of the type of forgiveness, is usually unconditional. Unconditional. It's extended to loved ones. 
friends and partners. The relationship is resumed as before with no bad feelings, no hurt, no anger or resentment. The offender has shown some change and transformation and they believe the transgression or the negative behavior will not be repeated. They trust and have faith that everything will work out. They don't expect no rewards, just the satisfaction of getting back with this person to resume the relationship. Exoneration, unconditional forgiveness. Now, a person can practice exoneration forgiveness and not go back with with, um, the offender. Or they don't have to resume a relationship. Maybe because they don't want it or maybe because it's not possible. Maybe that person moved on. They moved to another place, location, and they don't have access to them to even have a relationship. But they have literally forgotten and forgive. They're like, listen, this is over. I squash it. It wasn't that serious. Let's move on. Again, this is usually for a minor offense. The person considers it to be a minor offense. So what I consider to be a minor offense may be a serious offense to somebody else. So exoneration, forgiveness, is something that is based on unconditional forgiveness. There is no stipulation, no, no, uh, you have to do this, you have to do that. It's, hey, let's forget about it. It was a mistake. It was a misunderstanding. We are right now. We're moving on. Let's get back together and make it better. Or let's just forgive each other and be able to just go on our separate ways. All right. The next type of forgiveness is conditional. The conditional forgiveness is called a, a, a fair, a forbearance. Forbearance, conditional forgiveness. I forgive you, but I'm not going to forget. The relationship is in repair. It's in the process of trying to work itself. It's temporarily on pause, or they may get with the person and put down the condition of being together or communicating or having a relationship. The person is forgiven, but has to prove themselves worthy. There's partial trust, but some doubt that the offender is not completely reformed. The offender may be monitored or observed for signs of improvement. They have sort of like a probation period to prove themselves. They have to adhere to boundaries and restrictions. So it is very conditional. Someone will forgive you, but they're watching you. They're giving you time to prove that you are worthy of their time, their energy, or even interacting with you. So it's called a forbearance conditional forgiveness. And this is not forever because once that offender proved themselves worthy and it shows that their behavior is changing, there will at some point be an unconditional forgiveness. But it has to start somewhere. It's like a trial period to see what's going on. 
And usually that offense is not that serious. It's something that can be worked through. It's something that, you know, the person was hurt, but they can get over it. The last type of forgiveness is called release. Dismissal forgiveness. Dismissal, meaning that the relationship is pretty much over. It's terminated. There's nothing left. It's broken and it can't be fixed. Dismissal. If a person is not completely terminating the relationship, but they're keeping their distance away. They're reducing the amount of time they spend with this person. They're not really close. There's no intimacy. Little by little, they're just kind of going away, further and further away until they're completely out of that person's life, until there's no more relationship at all. They're not giving their time, their energy, or their attention. They completely remove themselves from that other person's life. So that is called a release, forgiveness, dismissal. That's it. It's over. And usually it's more serious offenses, such as the domestic violence. Someone took somebody's life, whether it was an accident or not. Someone betrayed someone, sabotaged them. Something more serious. When you're dealing with dismissal, that's it. That person is over, you know, with that uh, individual. They don't want anything to do with them at all. Dismissal. Release. Now, emotional forgiveness. Okay, people, there's emotional forgiveness. When there's emotional forgiveness, people are forgiving because they want to let go. They want to let go of what? The emotions. They want to release all the negativity. So they want to forgive because they're ready to let go of the emotions. Now, decisional forgiveness is when a person mentally decides to forgive. They mentally want to let go of the thoughts and the memories of what the person did. So usually a person will think of forgiving a person. Well, I don't want to think this no more. You know, I mean, I I don't want to hold on to these memories. I want to let this go. They decide, they make a rational decision, a rational decision. They're using their cognitive mind power to forgive. It's not based on emotions. It's not what they're feeling. It's what they're thinking. Now, usually they think that way. The emotional will come. So when you choose to forgive, it's a joint process of emotions and cognitive. So it's feelings and mind. The emotional forgiveness is when you want to let go of the emotion. Decisional forgiveness is when you want to let go of the thoughts. You don't want them anymore. Now, let's talk about what forgiveness is not. We just talk about what forgiveness is. Let's talk about what forgiveness is not. Because again, everybody have their own definition of forgiveness. Now, forgiveness is not condoning or excusing the negative action or behavior of the aggressor or offender. 
Okay? Just because you're forgiving someone doesn't mean that you're saying what they did was okay. It was acceptable, it was tolerable, or it was a normal thing. Just because you're forgiving doesn't mean that you're doing that. Remember, forgiving is for you, the individual who was offended or was victimized, for you to let go of the emotions and the memory that's causing you harm. You're not condoning or excusing any negative action that was caused to you by someone else. Forgiveness is not minimizing the action or damage caused by the offense. You were hurt, you were hurt. You're not going to say, well, it wasn't that bad. You know, I mean, he just slapped me a little bit. Or she just tried to drive me into the canal. I mean, it's not that serious. You know, they just cheated on me. No, you're not going to minimize it because you're forgiving. You're going to see it for what it is. And you're going to be honest with yourself. What happened? It hurt, it hurt. You're not going to lessen what happened. All right. Forgiveness is not forgetting the experience or event. You're just choosing to no longer think about it or to make it a priority or give it any energy. Forgiveness is not forgetting because you still remember what happened. You still remember. It could be a minor offense. It could be something that you can just easily forget. Or it could be something serious like a rape. Or a violent crime that was committed against you. Or someone did something that led you to lose everything. That you find yourself in poverty. You find yourself suffering. So... You're not going to forget that, but you're not going to allow it to control your life. So by forgiving, you're not forgetting, you're learning to just let it go in, in terms of your thinking, but you still remember what happened. Forgiveness is not denying or suppressing your emotions. If you felt anger, resentment, fear, or pain... You still feel it, but you're choosing to release it after confronting or addressing it, especially when you learn a lesson from it. You're choosing to let the emotions go after you deal with it. So just because you forgive someone doesn't mean that you're denying or suppressing your emotions. No, you still feel the emotions. Now, forgiveness is not defending the aggressor or offender. You're not apologizing for them. You're not making excuses for what they did. You're still allowing them to take full responsibility and accountability for their behavior. And they're still subjected to punishment or justice. They still have to pay compensation, reparation, or retribution. Just because you forgive someone doesn't uh, release them from taking responsibility and being accountable. There's a little confusion there because people think just because they're forgiven, 
they're just, like they say, so to speak, they're removed from the hook. Like, oh, they don't have to face the piper. They don't have to pay for what they've done. Yes, they still have to pay for what they've done. Let's keep in mind, forgiveness is not an official pardon. The president or governor has the authority to pardon an offender in a criminal case, releasing them from guilt or punishment. Forgiveness is letting go of the need for revenge and not executing personal justice. But the law can still be used to administer justice and fairness. A lot of people are also aware that there, there is universal law. And that universal law is, is known as karma. And karma will make sure that justice is executed. So just because a person is not taken to trial, they're not arrested, or they're not, you know, punished in any way, don't assume that they're off the hook, that they're okay, they're not going to pay. The reality is that in life, there's a universal law of cause and effect. Whatever someone do, they're going to deal with the effects. So for every action, there's a reaction. There's always a consequence for everything that we do. We do good or we do bad. It doesn't matter. That same universal law is applicable. Whatever we put out there is coming back. So when a person is able to forgive, they know that. They don't have to take personal action to go hurt that person who hurt them. They don't have to go kill them or beat them up or run them over with a car or set them up or do them any kind of harm. They know that there are systems in place, whether it be a man-made system, such as the courts, or it is a universal system in motion set up to make sure that justice is served. Now, one thing about the man-made institution, it may not always serve justice because it is biased. Certain people get away with some actions and they're not held accountable. But universal law is always consistent. You don't have to worry about the law of karma. It will catch up with them. So that is what helps people be able to let go and learn to forgive because the need that they have for the offender to be punished, for them to pay for what they've done, especially the serious crimes such as genocide and enslavement and oppression and, and uh, sexual violence. I mean, those are serious tortures, mutilation. I mean, it's like, how can somebody pay for those things? I mean, there's so much. They're inhuman. They're inhumane. Some of the acts that people have committed, atrocities, the suffering, the pain they've inflicted upon individuals, groups, the humanity, and the planet. But we don't have to worry about that because universal law is going to take care of that. All we got to do is be able to move on and continue our path and doing what it is that we have to do. Because our anger and our resentment and our bitterness and our hate... It's not going to change these people. It's not going to change the situation that happened in the past. All we can do is learn and grow from that and move forward. So we don't have to worry about that. All right, we're going to continue. So we just 
reviewed all the things that forgiveness is not. I repeat, forgiveness is not. Okay? Now, being unforgiving can have negative impact on individuals. Now, again, you don't have to forgive. Forgiveness is a choice. But as long as you're holding on to the negative emotions of hate, anger, bitterness, resentment, it will definitely affect you as a person, as an individual in a negative way. So if you're harboring harboring any anger and any negativity, you're not just hurting yourself, that is going to affect your other relationships. You're going to have mistrust issues, difficulty building healthy relationships. It's going to affect you. Now, stress. If you are unforgiving, which is not a problem, and it's not reflecting that something is wrong with you, because it's okay not to be forgiving if you're not ready to be forgiving. You don't have to be forgiving. But just keep in mind, the longer you hold on to that, Because the unforgiveness creates stress. And stress causes all type of negative emotions. Such as anger, fear, anxiety, distress. So you already holding on to those emotions. Those emotions are creating stress in your life. And the stress affects you on a physical level, on a medical level. It can cause high blood pressure, cardiovascular disease immunological disorders, you're sickly a lot, muscle tensions, headaches, body aches, digestive problems, sexual performance problems, sleep disorders, eating disorders, drug and alcohol problems, mental health issues, inability to focus, you have poor memory, and of course, it damages your self-esteem. It damages your self-esteem. So it's okay to allow time to process the negative emotions from an offensive situation. You cannot force yourself to forgive. It will happen when you're ready. A period to heal is needed before you can truly forgive yourself or others. There must be a time of reflection, meditation, and revelation to Search yourself to see if you're ready to let it go. There's no need to allow others to pressure you, convince you, or manipulate you. Premature forgiveness is not authentic and you will still experience some pain or negativity. Again, we cannot allow people to force pressure or coerce us into forgiving because it won't be real. It won't be something that we're doing with our free will. And it won't be something that we're ready to do. Because if you're not ready to forgive someone, it's going to be a problem if you're trying to fake it. Because you're still going to be going through the same emotional and mental distress. 
It's not going to stop because you open your mouth and say, I forgive someone. It's not going to change anything. You have to actually mean that. When you say, I forgive someone, you have to be in that place to actually mean what you say and follow up with it, with your mind and your emotions. If you're still in an abusive relationship, dangerous situation, or compromising position where the offense is currently taking place, it's wise to remove yourself to a safer place if possible. Now keep in mind your safety and security should be your primary goal. It's impossible to try to negotiate or reason with someone who is acting irrational, violent, or dysfunctional. Sometimes the best way to handle a problem is to get help. Obviously, you're unable to resolve it alone. Now, don't be ashamed or embarrassed. Everyone will experience some conflicts, disagreement, or crisis at some point. Now, once you're no longer in a hostile environment, you can begin to process everything that happened to you. Now you have the time, you have the space, and you feel a little bit more comfortable to deal with it. You may be shocked about the incident and have to take time to get over it. Very important. Some people don't realize how serious their situation was until they're out of it. And once they get out, they have to be able to adjust because the mind has to kind of find a way to cope with something that was so tragic. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's in denial. It just cannot accept the reality of that situation. For example, an extreme case could be a parent that killed one of the children or killed the family member, a parent that molested one of the children. That is shocking. You cannot believe that what was even possible. So it's very difficult to even imagine someone having to deal with that. So initially they may be in shock about the incident. They, they just cannot accept it yet. Now you may be in a position where you can't even talk about it or express yourself about what just happened. In shock, sometimes you cannot talk. It's just, you know, you're lost for words. You can't even phantom what's going on. It's just, you can't even imagine it. You may become numb emotionally and detached from the experience. It's so difficult to process. You may become sad or depressed about the wrong that was done to you or to someone that you care about. You may feel violated, used, abused, exploited, or taken advantage of. You may feel angry, bitter, frustrated, and upset about the whole situation. You may feel hatred towards the offender. You may want to take revenge to make them pay for the pain, the sorrow, embarrassment, or humiliation that they cause you. Some people feel some of these emotions. Others may experience all of them. Or others may just be numb. They suppress their emotions 
because it's so difficult to handle. They may become cold, detached, isolated, suspicious, pessimistic, or they just lose their mind. Some people just go temporarily insane. It all depends on what's going on. Can you imagine you have a business partner who stole all the money from the business? I mean, how are you going to react? How are you going to forgive them when, when they've taken your life savings? What you worked so hard to build, they took everything. They took everything. And how about someone who falsely accused you of something and that person has to go to jail and probably, you know, spend years in jail or prison. As a result of going through that, people change. They become cold, detached, withdraw, pessimistic. Some people may even become suicidal. It depends on how serious the offense is. Now, these emotions may last for a short time or become worse with time. Everyone is different and will handle situations their own way. When you're ready to forgive, you will be able to start the process to be in a place to do so emotionally and mentally. You may be ready to talk about forgiving or think about it after you learn to deal with the pain and the suffering. In other words, when it stops hurting so much, things are changing. That's a sign. When you're not feeling as bad as you used to, with time, it's getting a little better. So that lets you know that, okay, you know, I'm getting over this. If you haven't already spoke about the incident to someone in your support system, You may be ready to do it. You may be ready to do it when you stop hurting so much. When the pain doesn't hurt. Because a lot of people go into a deep depression sometimes. They cry and they cry and they cry. Sometimes they have pity party. And they blame themselves. Why me? What did I do wrong? Some people are devastated takes a long time to get over it. Now, talking about it helps some people process what happened and put it in a proper perspective. If you're not ready to talk to others, you can meditate and reflect on what happened to get some clarity or understanding. Practice self-care. Sleep right, eat properly, exercise, take time out, to take care of yourself, love yourself, and nurture yourself, putting yourself in a better place to make sound decisions. Spend quality time alone with yourself and with others. Start doing your inner work, getting to know yourself as a personal being. Get to know yourself very intimately on every level it's important for you to know yourself doing the inner work 
Practice self-forgiveness and self-compassion first before you can forgive others. How can you forgive anyone if you're not able to forgive yourself? Eliminate the self-hatred, shame, the guilt, and self-blame that you impose on yourself because of your bad situation. Remember, you're not responsible for anyone's behavior, so you can't blame yourself for what happened. Yes, you could have done things differently. You could have left. You could have confronted the person. You could have made decisions that would have taken you somewhere else. But coulda, shoulda, woulda is in retrospect. But it already happened, so there's nothing you can do about it. The fact is, you're not upset for what you did. You're upset for what someone else did to you. So how can you blame yourself for somebody's action? But it's important to start eliminating that. Because how can you forgive someone else if you can't forgive yourself because you still hate yourself? You're still upset with yourself for the incident happening. Build your self-esteem by increasing your self-worth and self-confidence. Know what you're worth and never allow anyone to diminish your value. You now know you deserve better and no longer have to settle for less. It's very important. Because sometimes we find ourselves in situations because we have low self-esteem. A woman in an abusive relationship or a man in an abusive relationship. It happens to men and it happens to women. We find ourselves in a dead-end job because we think we can't do better. And we're being used and exploited by our supervisor or boss. Build your self-esteem by increasing your self-worth. Putting yourself in a state of mind where you're ready to release the negativity to embrace the positivity in every area of your life. Again, forgiveness is part of your healing process, a necessary component for personal growth and development. It's a step towards growing through emotional maturity and building discipline. I'm going to repeat that. Forgiveness is a step towards going through emotional maturity and building discipline. Not saying that people who don't forgive are not emotionally mature and they're lacking discipline. I'm not saying that. But it is a step towards being able to forgive. That means that you've grown to a level where you can have more emotional maturity and you can develop more discipline because you're able to control your emotions that are not really helpful to you, that really serve their purpose because emotions usually teach us something is wrong. And so the emotion that you're feeling taught you a lesson because you're a, you were able to get up and leave or end the situation. Now you're thinking about making yourself better. So these emotions are just letting you know that something was wrong and that you needed to fix it. So that's a step towards your emotional maturity when you're able to get on that level to forgive. First of all, forgive yourself. And then 
put yourself in a position to be able at some point to forgive others. Now, forgiveness is for your mental and emotional liberation. So you can move forward to a better life experience. Better life experience. You can have better health, wealth, happiness, peace, and balance. That's what forgiveness is really all about. So forgiveness is not for the other person. It's really for you. Now, as part of the process of healing, you're going to try to understand how you are affected by the offender and create a plan to address these areas. If you develop low self-esteem, which most people do, you're going to develop a plan of action to address that area. If it made you very pessimistic, it made you depressed, it made you feel hopeless or powerless, that's how it affected you. You're going to develop a plan to address that. Now find out what lessons were learned during this incident that change or enrich your life. It's very important because sometimes we look at things like they're all bad. It's, it, it depends on the offense. Again, like I said, we have minor, we have moderate, and we have severe offenses. Now, if something minor, you know, you okay, I learned a lesson. Something that's severe, sometimes people tend to not look for the lesson because they're focusing on the pain and the agony and the despair. You know, someone lost something that was important to them. So it's kind of hard when you're in so much pain to focus on the lesson that you learned. So that's why you have to allow yourself time to heal, time to be alone, time to recuperate, time to rejuvenate. And then whenever you get to that point, you're ready, then you can start doing the reflecting and the meditation and you could see the good things that came out of that. It's very hard to find goodness and tragedy, but sometimes it's there somewhere. If, if, if the good thing is that you learn something, try to understand your offender's situation or reasons for doing what they did. You're not excusing the offense, but see it from their perspective as much as possible. That is the empathy where you're able to try to put yourself in somebody's situation, especially if it's a minor offense. Because sometimes we know we make a big deal out of something that's not that serious, something that's really human nature, human flaw. So a person's not trying to hurt you, they just was ignorant or naive and they really don't understand. So something that is minor, you know, something that is minor, you could kind of try to understand this person and why they did what they did. But something that is serious, such as a murder or, you know, a sexual offense, it's kind of hard to kind of put yourself in anybody's position to put yourself in that mindset because it's, it's so disturbing. So understanding your offender, practicing empathy is for minor situations. Some people can actually be able to get on that level and, and understand someone, you know, who committed a serious offense. But most people just can't do that. Now, don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. Yes, it happened to you, but don't feel like you deserve it and internalize 
it in any way. See the incident as another experience in life that could have happened to anyone. You're not being punished or targeted by life or God. So it's very important that we understand that is not that serious. It really isn't. Now, don't expect the offender to change or admit he or she was wrong and ask for forgiveness. Remember, your forgiveness is for you, not them. You don't have to ever speak to this person again or get in contact with them. Forgiveness doesn't make you obligated to be with them, talk to them, or contact them in any way. You don't even have to notify them of your decision to forgive them. This is your personal journey. You can write them a letter if you choose to express yourself that way. You can mail or send it to them or just throw the letter away because it was just a symbolic gesture or like a ritual to release your thoughts and your emotions. Don't give the offender any more power over you. Don't let their memory or feelings about the situations control your life. It already brought you so much pain, suffering, and misery. Release yourself from the hell that you created in your mind by holding on to these crazy thoughts. Forgiveness is a skill we can learn to help us overcome our negative state. Is an act of courage, strength, and determination taken for our well-being. We have to understand that life is about challenges. Negative things will inevitably happen. We will use these times as teachable moments for our elevation. We'll be able to recognize our faults, our flaws, and mistakes the same way we notice other deficiencies or weaknesses in others. We'll make better choices to avoid finding ourselves in positions of being victimized. We'll work towards changing the conditions in our lives or community that condones negativity or promotes it without even knowing that they're promoting it. Now, it's an unfair world. And it can be very difficult, but we're prepared. We're prepared to deal with anything that comes our way. Anything that comes our way, we can be prepared to deal with it. Forgiveness is not for anyone else. Forgiveness is for you. It's for us. Whoever has been victimized, whoever has been harmed, whoever has been hurt, forgiveness is not about you releasing your abuser from taking responsibility or being accountable for their behavior. It's about you being ready to be free from all that negativity to be able to live your life. Thank you.